Hey, everybody, it's the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott. Give us a like at facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. We're at Akron Jackson at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Shouts to Blue Wire hosting this. Shouts to our longtime sponsor, American Fireworks. Uh, they're in Hudson. They're always open at AmericanFireworks.com. It still feels a little like summer out there. Um, yeah, to enjoy this is the best time of the year. This is the best it time is. of the year weather-wise. It is. Like, I don't mind when it gets chilly at night. I love the Short, yeah. Yes. Shorts and a sweatshirt is the way to go, baby. Amen. Amen. So, so Dre, um, we're into football season. We didn't have one last week. We're getting to the end of baseball season. but Yeah. So, there, yes. <laughs> so, there's lots to celebrate, <laughs> lots to talk about. Um, but I want to start with this, which was really two questions in one, right? Okay. So, um, why is it that 20 years later, LeBron feels the need to throw his high school quarterback under the bus? And also, why – is that kid better than Ben Roethlisberger at this point? <laughs> Twofold question. And we'll get into this deeper as we go along. Um, I think, and this is something that doesn't happen very often. Everyone won't agree with me. Hell, you may not even agree with me. But I think this is LeBron being a normal human being. All of us in our Al Bundy moments put down somebody that was on our high school or, or little league team that sucked. And rightfully <laughs> or wrongfully so. The only difference is LeBron does it on national television. Yes. Um, and, and you know what? I went to some of those games. And no offense to Willie and the crew. They didn't have the best quarterbacking. St. V has not been known for quarter for great quarterbacking. Rob Adamson, I'm talking to you too. That's why your ass had to create leave. Um, see, we could all do this. <laughs> we were known for running the football and tackling. That's what we were known for. Well, right. And I hope wherever that kid is, he's saying, well, what about the 17 you gator arms? Right. Well, and I can, okay, and you know what? And let me go on the Eli. Let me go on the podcast and go on that game. And I haven't watched, but great job by ESPN. One of the best decisions they've made in the last 40 years. Um, I could very easily say, LeBron, you played outside the numbers, and, and you never went inside the numbers. And you had little five eight white kids covering you, so congrats on that. Yeah, no, I, and I, I like don't LeBron. Make I got nothing deal. against him, but like, yeah. just chill out. Yes, no, I, I don't want to make too much of a deal about that. I thought I could make a quick funny with the Ben line, and people are talking about it. Um, you know, LeBron still makes news when he talks. I, I agree that uh, most of the time we do get unfiltered, LeBron, and we we appreciate that. We're supposed to appreciate that. We do. Um, it, it comes off a little weird. I, I just, I would say this, like he's lying when he says he was going to play football during the NBA lockout in 2011. He's, yeah. He's I don't like, really, I don't like already made hundred, like, <laughs> okay. I just don't see it. You wouldn't <laughs> right. When you were broke as a joke and our guy, Jay Brophy was telling you, you could make it to the NFL. Uh, who was his high school coach? That's who we should get on. Jay Brophy coached his ass. We can get everybody, all of them on all at once. Uh, Manchester Jay Brophy cool. on this podcast, we're all going to get a lot of Jay Brophy come on this podcast. He no longer will be working at <laughs> Manchester High School. He'll be a part of the A to Z podcast. <laughs> Blue Wire, we got we to hire one more guy. Um, I, I think, like I said, like I, I love what ESPN is doing. I love that they're having – I really haven't watched that much. I, we yeah. celebrated my birth, my son's birthday yesterday, and, and my, you know, we had we, – it was on in the background, but being an adult sucks sometimes. Not sucks like that way because we had a great day. So I didn't watch it, and I've heard everybody talk about it, and I love that ESPN is doing it. And, and the prop – not the problem, but what comes from this, like Eli doing the – like it's 2021. We've had a president that said grab him by the pussy. Um, we've had like, and I'm not just, we had R. Kelly going to prison for, for peeing on people. You telling me at this day and age that Eli Manning's got to take down a double, uh, giving two fingers to somebody on ESPN and he has to apologize for it. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. No, we live we in a different world. Real. We encounter this in our own lives. I right? know. 
yes. we want to be real. Um, I would say this. I haven't watched a ton of it either. And the simple reason is by the time Monday night rolls around in football mm-hmm. season, my brain is off. Right. So I'm, right. I'm watching the games probably, but I'm watching with no volume and I'm, I'm headed to bed before the game's over. Right. Um, I think Eli and Peyton are both brilliant. Right. There's not much that they touch that isn't funny, that isn't insightful, especially when it comes to football. I say it all the time. I think in this football consumption markets, a lot of people who know don't know how to present it. Peyton, who knows more than anyone, always presents it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Comes off as real, as genuine, all that. I'm just, it just hasn't been for me. But then that's going on and everyone's tweeting about it. And, and I, like, like you said, um, first and foremost, kudos to the Mannings and ESPN for pulling it off because what, what's the point? To generate conversation, to generate sure. animals, right? And, it's and it, it, is, it is something different. It is because I start watching football dry on Thursday night, you know, NFL and college and go all the way through. And whether it's the Youngstown State game on the feed, right, or the NFL game or whatever, a lot of it runs together. Commentary yeah, for sure. It does. It, it is what it is, right? I mean, um, we have the, we have, we've we got the cookie cutters for what football, for what sports sound like mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. And right. so you're right. So it's nice that they've done something different. What I love about it, and I've been watched and I can be quick with it, is that I love that, you know, because people always ask us, you know, who are you fans of or, or who do you root for? Or how do you watch that? Or like, you know, I, I always get the smart asses. I can't believe you're watching that game. That team, you know, I hate that team because they're right. And like, I'm not putting myself in the same category as, as, as the Mannings, but I just love, I love great competition. I love watching the game played the right way. And the one thing that I've gotten out of that, just a little bit that I've read and a little bit that I've seen or heard is that Peyton Manning goes nuts over great quarterback play and great offensive play. And he gets pissed about bad uh, play calling and bad coaching. I can ride with that, man. That's me. That's me. 100%. I don't hate any teams like, but I ride with good play and I ride with stupid call play calling. So I I'm all for that. And we need more of that to be honest. Yeah. And, and we want people, you know, to be blunt, right? We, yes. We, and smoke them. <laughs> <laughs> I know you probably got a celebratory one wrapped up for a Sunday afternoon or we're not allowed to talk about that. Ah, That's going to be at night. This is a three o'clock start. Uh, let's, you know what? We will get into the Browns and, the NFL and what a three weeks it's been. And I, I, let me ask you this without going too far, sir, because I think this plays into your little jokey joke. That was really good. That will play to the people that look, listen to bark for humanitizing or whatever the hell you call that other podcast. You do. <laughs> <laughs> um, civilized barking, but go ahead. There you go. Yeah. Civilized. That's a big word. I'll, that's the only time I think of that word is when uh, Charles Barkley used it in a right guard commercial. It'd be uncivilized. Um, can a true identity of a football team be gained or lost within three weeks? I'm going to answer first. I say no, but it can give you a, a taste of who you may be. What is your answer? You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about a little bit about that just yesterday. And it was in terms of it was Monday morning. I was up, had taken care of what I needed to take care of, and it was time to to do what people do on Monday morning, which is consume NFL content, right? right. And I was seeing some wild takes, I guess, if you will. Um, but more than that, I was seeing strong statements that, to me, were accurate. And, you know, truth be told, the Browns have played on Sunday afternoon, so there hasn't been a Sunday. I haven't seen every game, right? right. I, I know right. what's going on in the league, what's going on with the teams. I haven't seen every game, right? But I'm sitting there thinking, like, I recognize this. I, I Because for years and years, we lived it here, and yeah. I, I covered it, right? And we talked about sure. it here on the podcast, you know? Yeah. 
um, the Giants having being a few plays away from being two and one, but instead being zero and three in a dumpster right. fire. Right? We've like, we've, we've totally lived. We've, that, we, yes. we've done it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think I, I like the way you framed it because each circumstance is different. I think three games in, teams have not fully begun identities or told their own stories. However, especially in the NFL at the higher highest levels of football, I think it's completely fair to see when things have veered off the tracks, yeah. um, when coaches should have been fired 12 months prior, right? When things just aren't working. Um, in the case of the Steelers, and again, I, I, made, I made a point to watch their week two game yeah. Um, you know, go back on the NFL game pass and, and watch it and see what was going on. I've only seen the highlights so far of week three. They're the lowlights. They're not good ones. No. Um, <laughs> listen, they made a commitment a few years ago when they went and got Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. to say, we're going to retool. And we're That's gonna true. Go. You're right. I'm glad you went back to that. Cause you're yeah. that. Thank you. Cause you're going back. Cause that was a big decision. Cause that was a year that they really could have pulled up like most franchises and went four and 12 Instead, they, they, they went all in. They, they, they threw it in for the next couple of years. Go right, and they, and they were allowed to do that because, you know, they had found Deontay Johnson, third rounder out of Toledo, mm-hmm. right? They, they trusted what they had. Um, you know, in a way, I would say it's a lesson, and you have to be careful on who you're collecting because Le'Veon and Antonio Brown being shitheads had a lot to do with this thing going off oh, the no. tracks, right? No, because no. It, at oh, one no. point, this offense was humming. But the bottom line is, the Steelers were no longer good enough. They laid down in that playoff game. And I said it, and said, no, they let, like, yeah. and doesn't belong out there. He could not be bothered to pick up the snap on the first fucking play of a playoff game. And yeah. It was seven and nothing, right? And they went through their options. And what's sad and scary, and, and on them too, is they didn't have a better one. So they said, we're going to ride with him one more time because we're paying him anyway. And we, look, we don't like the Jacoby Brissett's. And we don't have our own guy. We're going to take a total flyer on Dwayne Haskins. And you don't hate that, do you? Like, you just brought the Brissettes. Like, it's almost like, um, and I don't want to cut you off here, but I think you're making, you're making a really good point. And I just want to add on to something that you're saying that I think franchises go through. And this isn't a Steelers podcast, but this is a football podcast, as you guys know. Um, it's almost like the Steelers are kind of like that girl in high school that used to be really, 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 really cute and could pick whoever she wanted. And all of a sudden, it's like time for the 20-year anniversary, and nobody wants her because she's got three kids, and they're, they all look like, they're all fat like Big Ben. And she still thinks she wants to have choices like she used to have 20 years ago, and that's not the case. you got to start over at quarterback, and it may be ugly to start with. Yeah, and, and it gets to this, and all of a sudden, you're in a home game, and you're missing some other guys, right? But you're at a home game in September against the Bengals, where it should be get right. It's your second straight home game, right? Yeah. Um, and this guy's out here doing that. I mean, dude, I didn't watch the whole game either, but there's plays where he's just – and I mean, and it's not all – let me say something else. I can't stand Ben Roethlisberger, and not even anything he does on the field. I respect him more on the field than I do off the field. I'll leave it at that. And it's not a personal thing, but it's a personal thing. Not personal, just it's, it is what it is, whatever. Um, if you're going to bring that guy back to be your quarterback, and I wholeheartedly agreed with Zach after the playoff game that he rolled over and his attitude played so much into what, what happened in that playoff game. You have to change some identity and change what you do. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over. And offensively, they, what are you doing throwing 50-plus times? Why did you not make that offensive line better? If you think that if you're willing to ride with Ben as your quarterback, then you needed to change the identity of the offense and what you're doing and how you use it. Trade one of them damn wide receivers and get a left tackle. Like They've got four wide receivers that could start anywhere. But what does that mean if you can't block for a quarterback that can't move? No, you make a good point. 
Then uh, they draft a great running back, and they, they're giving him no lanes to run down. Right, he's getting bashed. Bashed, and he can. He's getting bashed. Right, he's not the issue. So this is on, and and I'm doing. I'm doing this for a purpose. For 15 plus years, you've heard Zach and I really give credit to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization for running things the right way, treating people the right way, um, and and putting together an organization that you envied. They even make mistakes too. And they've made a couple huge ones in the last three, four years. Uh, no one's perfect. No organization is perfect. There's no perfect way to put a team together or to, or to run a team. Um, that family has done a tremendous job for multiple decades. But right now, they're digging a hole that's going to be real hard to get out of because the Bengals went in there, Zach. And uh, uh, Zach Taylor's like the, like the least common Zach in my, in my Rolodex <laughs> in, Ohio, in the state of Ohio. Uh, <laughs> but... They went in there, with, but you could tell they went in there just like the Cleveland Browns do, just like any other team that's got pounded over there over the last 10 years. They went in there, and they had, they had revenge on the mind, and they went in there to kick their ass, and they did it. Yeah. So the only question I ask you is this. Well, this is the one I don't have answered. Okay. Like, How the heck did they beat the Buffalo Bills in week yeah. one? I mean, I can say that every year you go back and look at week one of football on any level, and there's a result that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Um. Now they they did it with defense. They blocked a punt and they yeah. they beat the shit out of Josh Allen and and held down one of the league's most powerful offenses. And, and they still have built that. De- I mean, Andrew Barry doesn't say much. He said on the record in the off season, the best defensive line in the game is in Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't include technically T.J. Watt. That doesn't include Minka. Right. That right. doesn't include the the remake the remaking they've done at the rest of the linebacker spots. I just think. You know, they didn't have T.J. Watt in that game, and the offense is so bad. And I think guys know, too. I, I always say, yeah. you just you can't lie to your players, right? Yeah, the and, players know before you know. Right, and that's that's to the crux of your conversation is, you know, week three, it's a long way to go. I mean, dude, it's still September, right? Right, the, right. The, the Browns right. have a regular season game in January in Pittsburgh, and it's not the last game of the year. This is that's a long crazy. way away. That but the players crazy. know. I'll say this. The Steelers organization, as you mentioned, they, they have been real. No one's perfect, right? They did it. Them and the Ravens kept themselves separated from the other two organizations for so long, including at the point where the Bengals were winning games all the time, right. getting to the playoffs, right? right? They were the gold standard. But right now, and this is the shape of the game, the Browns are the best team in the division at identifying and developing offensive linemen. Ooh, the Browns. Um, 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 <laughs> I wanted to fight with you on that, but uh, Jerry, um, yeah, yeah, Baltimore still because yeah, Baltimore's playing Villanueva, and as long as they're playing him, I can't give him credit for offense. The, the Browns are. But can I say something? Can I say something though? Yeah, on that, on. you're right. But the Chicago Bears front kicked their ass last week. They did. They did. But in general, a huge part of this rise is Kevin Stefanski hiring Bill Callahan. No Kevin doubt. Stefanski and Bill Callahan getting on the same page and saying, this is what we want. I mean, the Browns are finding dudes on the street who are coming in the huddle and playoff games and introducing themselves to Baker Mayfield <laughs> that right. And he's played 11, 12 plays a game, right. you know, and it is really the, for the Browns the last two games and is really their eighth best offensive lineman. Right. Well, you he, know what? He's the fucking just, starter in Pittsburgh. Right. You he just said out. something. Right. But you just <laughs> said something. And I think that's the, if you're an, a Browns fan and you got to take this the right way. That's the best thing they got going. They are, they, they've got a system. They've got a system of who they're looking for, what they're looking for, how to go about getting that type of guy to fit that. And you're right, Kevin Callahan is huge. And, and having a system, a system that you continually you build for, 
it, it's tremendous and it's easy. And it's why Baltimore can get away with playing Villanueva at, at left tackle or right tackle. He's terrible. He's garbage. He's a huge human being. But because of what they run and the offense that they run, right. they can plug in about five, six, seven different running backs into their system. They can, and, and they can still be successful. Um, and, and, and look, the Browns, and, and I said something that some fans might not want to hear or might not have noticed. And I could say it to Andrew Barry since I actually did an interview with him face-to-face last Friday and we actually got along really well. And I, I liked the guy a lot. Um, the Bears, just like you said, the Steelers, they know. The Bears, to me, players, the defense played like they knew on Sunday, too. You know what I mean? Like, in the first half, they played, they balled their ass off. They oh, it was a ball that, for three quarters until – Yes. Yeah, and I give, yeah. The, I give the Bears credit. Their defensive line, their front seven gave the Browns' front seven all they had. Now, at the end of the day, the Browns wore them down and because of their depth at running back, their depth at, within the offensive line, because of just what is na- – nat- Nagy should have walked to Chicago. And I've been close enough to do that because I've been hung over in Chicago and Cleveland a few times and didn't know how to get home. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what he did did to that kid, to Fields, um, is so reminiscent of what we watched happen to Tim Couch and so many other young quarterbacks. You cannot put a guy out there and and run that offense. He's running bootlegs at Miles Garrett as Miles Garrett's having a career day. Yeah, and, and uh, with, with only ran like five bootlegs the whole game. Just right, and he's doing yeah. and he's doing it with Jason Peters playing left tackle. The last time Jason Peters was one was a good player. Joe Thomas was playing too. Like Joe Thomas and Jason Peters were the best left tackles left tackles in football eight years ago. And if I'm off a year or two, you can correct. Barry me. Stokes was still playing the last time. <laughs> Peters was really left tackle. Right, <laughs> and Barry, yeah. I mean, so you have that at left tackle, and you draft a guy number one. This is. And I know for so long, people didn't like all the conversations we had on our podcast, but these are the type of things that we were really discussing five years ago, six years ago, yeah. seven years ago. You can't cultivate a quarterback or cultivate a, an image, an environment that's winning when you don't protect the goods. No, you're right. And listen, um, I'm glad you pointed it out. Baker got hit more times in that game than he had in the first two combined, right? And, and some, one of the sacks especially was on fourth down. They, they blew an assignment. It happens, right? The Browns came into that game knowing – we are in for a fight with this this defensive front, and that's good. They gained from that, right? Like Wyatt Teller has been dominating for a season plus now. Well, for a quarter and a half, Wyatt Teller got dominated. I mean, Akeem Hicks threw him on the ground Ooh. multiple times. Hey, guess what? The Browns yeah. regrouped. They made right. adjustments. They came back. Hey, Joel eventually... Petonio is one of the best players in football. He got his ass pushed around a little bit on yes. Sunday. Yeah, and Joel, Joel has been playing at an extremely high level. That That's going to happen. Um, you know, it's pretty clear with with the Will's injury here, right? Yeah. Um, these there's some older guys. Why Look, won't they just sit him down, Zach? Yeah, you're gonna just have sit him to, down. It's for probably gonna come to that. But okay, uh, what I'm trying to say is you're on this journey. You're gonna need eight offensive linemen, right? Um, you're gonna need five cornerbacks. I don't know what's up with Greg Newsom. They didn't give any answers yesterday. You may need six cornerbacks, but yes, you're sure. right. <laughs> right. You're right. I, I'm just saying, like you're, yeah. you're gonna need it. So. Yeah, the point is, in week three, you've barely begun to develop anything. And yes. um, I think the Browns should feel good about where they are because when you look at this outrageous game with Miles headlining, he wasn't the only star. He didn't do it all himself, right? There's there's going to be times when Miles is going to make a play. There's going to be times because we just saw it the week before when Miles didn't make a play. But the way Kareem Hunt stepped up, the way the offensive line rebounded and played the last two and a half quarters, the way the kicker stepped up, yeah. Right, Odell, yeah. come in and give you that. Um, still be able to rotate guys. They're, they're rotating Demetric Felton into the actual game plan. Like, this is a really good team finding a group. They were probably always going to be two and one, 
right? They are right. always going to go into this road trip here, knowing that the defense is going to get challenged. Uh, if they get one of the two, that's fine. But these are going to be incredibly valuable experiences because you have a real coach, you have a real program for the first time in a long time. So what happens in September and October eventually gets forgotten. It matters in the standings and it matters when you look past the box score and the early results and you know, you feel good about what you're doing. Right. And, and yeah. Browns feel really good about most things right now. Um, and they should from October. Right. And they should, they're in a good place. Are they at the perfect place? No. Um, are they, and, and that's why I broke the three-week thing, um, because you could very easily get carried away and think that you got it all figured out after three weeks. You could very easily sure. – um, now, the Bears, you don't have it figured out. In fields, I would, I would come up with a cramp or an injury right now, and I wouldn't play until they got rid of Nagy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I just I, – I, I, what I do, Dre, is on the game pass, there's a condensed yeah. – it, it usually takes yeah. like 25-ish minutes, right? So, I put it on, and I just, I just watch it. I don't, I don't stop it. I, I just kind of watch it. And then I go back – and I hone in on specific things, right? Right. And I mean, right. One-on-one with Jason Peters, um, dropping a rookie straight back, knowing the Browns oh. are going to play zone coverage and he's not right. going to like what he initially sees. Then there was one play. They had the tight end one-on-one on Miles. Yeah. Right. And it's like, that is malpractice, guys. You Use your tight doing? end to chip. Right? Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was asinine. Like, I'm literally watching a bad Indians game as I'm watching the football game. And I'm like, what is going on over there? Like, like, there's got to be somebody that's on, in the press box going, Coach, uh, we've got a 40-year-old fucking left tackle out there and a quarterback that's gritty, wet behind the ears. How about some draws? And sc- hey, what did I, t- I text you during the game. The, the, the Bears were defensively playing so well. I said to you, frustrated at the Browns offense, and I'm allowed to be frustrated like everybody else. I'm like, the only thing working for us right now is throwing screens and draw plays. It tells you how bad your offensive line is getting beat. You're not able to throw the ball down the field because – of the pressure that you're getting on the quarterback. Um, and, and it's like, so at least Stefanski, and it's boring, and it wasn't great. And I know the numbers at the end of the day fell. And I guess this is a weird thing, too. Because, um, like, listen to it, like, I heard somebody say on one of the shows, they're like, you know, you would think the Browns lost by, by that many, the way everybody's complaining. It's crazy how you go from, man, I just want a couple wins, to now when the team is a winning team, you can complain about how they win kind of fickle on how we all are as fans and fanatical and what that means. Like, you're just not happy with, hey, they won the game. That's great. (laughs) And I think that's the beauty of how, like, we all work. Um, But I was frustrated because the only way they could move the ball was through screens and draws. But on the other side, they wouldn't do that. And it's like, what are you doing to your guy? The other thing I got to say, I don't know what JOK is. Let me just say this real quick. I don't know what he is, Zach. Um, but in 2021, I don't think you have to have a destination or, or, you know, as to who and what you are. Um, but he runs around like a little mofo, like his hair is on fire. I hope he, I don't know how long it can last. Um, I don't know. You hope and pray that he doesn't get, get banged up, but when you're that size, you're going to get banged up, but man, he is a playmaker. People quit looking at the snap counts and saying that he should play more. This team has a plan. He's not an every down linebacker. He's a freaking weapon. Right. And he's playing in the nickel and they're developing a role for him while he gains confidence and gets used to it. They're not going to overuse him physically or mentally early in the season. Well, that's the MO of the Browns, whether you like it, love it or hate it. They don't, they don't overextend any of their players. No, No. you know, it's so backwards from what we grew up with, but they, you're not going to see 30 carries from either one of those running backs. Hell, you're barely going to see 20 touches from him in the first half of the season. They don't, again, this team doesn't have a division game till Halloween guys. Right. 
Like you got a couple really important road tests the next couple weeks, and it stinks to have to go to LA on a back-to-back roadie. Well, yeah. the Chargers are on a short week. You know, it, it, Chargers. Chargers are good too, bro. They are. They're Chargers are good. I've been. I haven't watched everybody, but I've watched them a little yeah. bit. They um. But we've known that. That's another organization. Like they they've they've been a stepchild for a while. You know, like they had hey, Ali uh, <laughs> coaching them, and they didn't have a home. And Anthony Listen, Lynn is a great coach. They are last year's Browns. They yes. they needed an upgrade at coach and fix the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. And Boza went healthy, and the rest of those defensive they've got a defense. They've got some weapons offensively. They've got big receivers uh, with health. They're going to be a problem for most teams that they play. I mean. They are one of the teams that can win the AFC. Yep. They can. And, and I mean, they proved that by winning in Arrowhead, right? But but they they can do that. Um, do I think the Browns eventually can be one of those teams? I do. I do. Yeah. It's going to need health. The defense still has to come on. I mean, against a real coach and a real quarterback, <laughs> right? Um, but but you, you need those, those plays. This has been a big um, 12 quarters for JOK, like, like you yeah. mentioned, right? And, yeah. and like I said, I, I just – they they have things charted. They have a plan. Um, you should feel really good. The, the crowds have been unbelievable. The scenery um, in and around the stadium has been unbelievable. Cleveland's going to be a really tough place for anybody to come in and win. Um, and, and this is going to be fun. I mean, the next three games are probably a shootout with the Vikings, probably a shootout with the Chargers, and then Kyler Murray comes in for a 425 game. Like – that game's gonna be wild, bro, right? Son. And then that, right on the heels of that is a Denver team that's undefeated. Now they've they've played Coventry and Woodridge, but they're undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it, 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 it's a long way to January, and I keep saying that, and and things are going to change, and and whatever. And I was so mad when I was hearing last week potential NFC Championship preview with Rams and Bucks. I mean, it might be, but it's September. At the same time, Dre, when when the Browns play the Chargers and the Broncos in two of the next four games, I mean, it's that both of those could be teams that you end up tied with at 10 or 11 wins. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. And this is, we don't have to preview the Vikings Browns, but just the first thing that comes to my mind, hopefully you can write about it, ask about it, learn about it, not try to dictate. These are just things that go through my mind. Um, I know that their running back situation in Minnesota, running back's pretty banged up, but that doesn't matter because they they run a little bit like the Browns. They run what they run no matter who's who's out there with the zone blocking. Play action is big in their offense. It's pretty much the same offense that you see here in Cleveland. First three games, Browns really, in my, in my estimation, that doesn't mean I'm right. Um, Browns haven't been pushed in the run game defensively yet, the way I think you can push them. I think this week is the first week we really find out about the Browns' run defense because, like I said, whether they're number one running back plays or not with the ankle injury, they're going to run the football. They did it last, and they've got a good second running back. Um, they're they're going to run it, and they're going to zone block you. Um, they're going to use, you know, especially with um, 92, Garrett coming off his best game ever, 95 coming off his best game ever. I was thinking of Clowney, and I don't know why I said 92, and he's 90. Um, with those two coming up the field, the way they're shit up- since 92. Look at all the bullshit. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm thinking, it's bony, biggie, biggie. We came here. Um, no, but because of that, I think that you'll have an offensive scheme that's very much like the offensive scheme we're used to seeing. You'll see zones, you'll see, you'll see, uh, you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of things that we use and what the Browns used against the Bears, they're, they're going to use against the Browns. I'm interested to see if they can stop the run because the run is something Minnesota has to do to get the ball downfield in the passing game. 
Yeah, um, and they have been flinging it deep, right? Um, some of that was circumstantial. They played in a couple of shootout, just just wild shootout type games. Um, yeah, I mean, the smartest thing you've done since Mary Jen is draft that Vikings running back at the end <laughs> of uh, Alexander Madison. I almost I blanked on his name too. Yeah, um, you know, the, there was a play from two weeks ago. Right? I mentioned this on on that Civilized Barking podcast too, and I've, I think I referenced it somewhere else. The, I was asleep for this too because it was about at midnight, and that's my goddamn dog barking, and she's. Oh get yeah, we back, baby. Dog is <laughs> um, barking. Woo, 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 woo. At the end of Ravens Chiefs, John Harbaugh, they're they're zoomed in on him, and he goes, "Lamar, do you want to go for this?" And Lamar says, "Hell yes!" Right, and they were going for it anyway. Yeah, and, and it's more an emotional football moment than anything, but that's the Ravens program. That's the truck. The Browns are getting to that point, right? Like I asked Baker after the game about his throw to Hooper. Um, yeah, frankly, it was his best one of the day, and he, he had missed some early, but it was an incredible throw. And I met more. I, I asked him if he knew as soon as it left his hand, meaning basically giving him a chance to say, "Yeah, that was the best ball I threw all day," or whatever. Right, right. right. But what he said was, "We came out. It was it was off a timeout, and he said we knew what coverage they were going to be in. He said, so we called that play on that situation." And he goes, "And so I looked left, but I knew as soon as he got." past that first linebacker, I knew the middle was wide open. And that's the growth, right? Yeah. Because in that yeah. timeout, it was like a minute 23 or something left. Maybe, no, maybe, no, maybe, I think it was only 23. It was, it was under a minute, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. They had come out of a timeout. And basically, Stefanski said, well, we know they're going to sit in cover two. So here's what it's going to be. And boom. And that is the growth, right? So the frontier for this offense is the last two minutes of a game. I would think one of these next three games, that situation is going to come up. Um, there's a lot of growth for the defense. The special teams went from meltdown in week one to being pretty good. Young guys are getting, you know, Felton and JOK are getting great experience. Have Higgins in the bullpen. I mean, this is a team that brought Odell Beckham and, and, and Kareem fucking Hunt out of the bullpen the other day. Right. Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, right? And, and the way he ran. And, you know, you, oh. and, I'm, and, I, and this is not to beat up on Chubb because I love Chubb. Um, but running style wise, man, that kid is, spe- they're both special in their own way. And there's a different way. And there's different ways to do it. Like, you know, when you, and, and we all, and we live in this day and, you know, we got to, you know, oh, I rank him here and I rank this guy here. Nobody gives a damn about your ranks, but whatever. That's how you get clicks. And that's how you keep your job. There's something special about having two completely different running backs that the, the bears did a great job of not letting Chubb turn the corner. Like, you know, they, they just, they, they strung him out as much as they could string him out. Um, and they just would not let him get around the corner. Their linebackers flow quickly. Um, but it was amazing that you bring the other guy in, Zach, and he's bouncing off of tackles. He, he's hard to get down with one arm. Um, he's getting outside. He's a little bit quicker. I don't know if he's faster in a 40, but he's quicker, if that makes sense. Um, and to have a coach that gets that, you know, and a coach that gets, okay, we need to run these plays to get him to where he needs to go. Um, he's a lifesaver because if you don't have him, that's a 13-10 game going into the middle of the fourth quarter. No, I, we, we were saying that. Um, I, was sit, I sit with Jason Lloyd in most of the games, and we were saying, like, hey, the Browns are completely dominating this game, but, like, score-wise, it's right there. And right. All, you know, all it takes is the one deep one, and the Bears finally gave him five seconds to chuck one, and they got – it was a pretty shaky P.I. call, but they got him out of it. And then Matt Nagy gets inside the five-yard line and kicks the field goal. Yeah. Right? Like, what analytic even, asshole do they have that told him to do uh, that? No, that, that, that's just being an idiot. That's just 
right. You have no – I mean, your team needs a boost, right? In yeah. addition to being right there in the score, you need to tell that rookie, hey, this, this has been awful. Go for it. Well, what happened right. the rest of the game? He got his head beat in more, right? Yes. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, he let did. me say, we, we got to get out of here soon. But, you know, I, would, I normally wouldn't do this um, because he's not on here. And, and what we talk about is what we talk about. But I'm going to tell you verbatim one thing I said to Jason. Right. So it was a TV timeout or maybe one of those timeouts, um, you know, before the touchdown, before the half. And I clicked on the stats page. I keep the NFL has this cool live stats page where obviously you're following the Browns, but in one click, you can see what's going on in the other games. Right. It'll tell you where up to the minute, one play behind where, who it is. Yeah. And I said, you know, Ben was something like seven completions for 17 yards or something like that. Yeah. And I said, Jason, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm a little bit older than Ben. I said, but we're basically the same age. Yep. And I said, and we're basically in the same physical condition at this point too. Yeah. You know, I said, he's, he's always been more athletic than me and he's always been, been three uh, inches taller than me, but he, he doesn't belong out there. He, he just doesn't. And this is before we'd seen any highlights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that whole situation is going to be interesting how it plays out. Um, and we'll see because, you know, we've been two people that have given a ton of credit to the Steelers for so long for what they've done. Uh, how they get out of this will be very interesting. And I mean, you know what's dangerous as hell? It, as the Ravens and Browns potentially separate themselves, you know, you still have to play that Pittsburgh defense down the stretch. Exactly. And I they're going to be pissed off and they're not going to give in. And I'm glad you just said that. Like, I get everybody wants to make the jokes and everything else. I'm right. cautious of that. because They're not going to win 13 games doing it that way, but no. over four quarters against a rival – you don't bring it right, they'll kick your ass and embarrass you and hurt you. That's right. <laughs> like, I'm just being honest. Like, that's, just, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, I was going to go through a couple teams throughout the league and ask you a couple things, but you haven't. Um, AFC East, the, the New England game this week with uh, Tom Brady. I find it very interesting how Bill's already backpedaling and said, hey, we wanted him. He had a better situation in Tampa. You know Brady's not going to say anything, but I guarantee Brady's dad or one of his wives will probably skeet out something they, they shouldn't skeet out before the end of the week. One of his wives. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really didn't know until this, until the most recent Sunday night game. I didn't know that game was coming. And I just thought to myself, I'm glad that I'm busy this week. And I'm glad I'm actually flying home from Minnesota during on Sunday night because they're, it's a, it's a new local game. So it allows me some flexibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the hype machine is probably going to go. And I didn't think about it in that regard, but it probably will. Um, it's disappointing that new England is, although this is what you get when you play a rookie quarterback. Yeah. It's what you get when you're a dictatorship. <laughs> right. right. What has Bill been doing with the quarterback situation? He's had over 12 months. He's had over 24 months to figure this out. And this is the best thing he can put out there. He's killing yeah. Mac Jones. He's right up there doing what the Jets are doing to that kid from BYU. That BYU, that kid's mom is going to be more, more uh, popular than he will by the end of it. And it ain't going to be a good popularity. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I got to get out of here in a couple minutes. I do want you to talk about um, the end of the baseball season. And I know Quantrill got another win yesterday. I um, about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can go into it. I, yeah, hopefully we can do another podcast this week, and we should because I'm on East Coast. I'm on um, Midwest times all week, so our teams are all late. Because there's a couple other teams I want to bring up. Just, you, yeah, just in case we don't because, you know, once it's over, we're not going to get to it, let's be honest. Right, right, right. No, we can get to that. How about them Cowboys? No, this is some weird division stuff. Uh, Carolina Panthers are 3-0, and and they're not that good. That's interesting to me. Um, hey, they have tra- – I saw a stat this morning. Um, and, and, again, you know, 
I need at least four games before I start really finding right. anything in the stats that's not skewed. But the Panthers have trailed the least amount of minutes of any team. Wow. I believe it, though. They play smart. They're smart. They play good defense and don't shoot themselves in the foot. It's very, it's very simple. And Frenchie, my quarterback from that draft, is finally somewhere where they're taking care of him. Yeah, he's Sam still dangerous, good. though. Let's be honest. He had two good drives against the Texans, and then he, he opened the hey. door for them to take the ball yes, away about did. six times. Hey. Yes. That's the jet. That's the jet sitting still. They got to watch we, that jet. Most importantly, and thank you guys for listening and, and believing in us. After an 0-2 start, the Galley Boys fantasy team is on the scoreboard, baby. <laughs> baby, we're back, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Right, on that note, let's move towards the baseball minute. Go ahead and set it up. <laughs> yeah, so um, the Indians aren't going to make the playoffs. The Indians aren't going to be the Indians anymore. They have five or six games left um, completing the week. But I think, as a very outside observer that with this young pitching um, maturing the way it did in the second half of the year, that if they spend a little bit and if a couple guys hit that they expect can hit or believe can hit, that this is going to be a really good ball team next year. And yeah. Am I right in that thinking? Yeah, everything you're saying is dead on. I think um, for anything, you just want to get through this last week and everybody, I hope everybody goes on feeling healthy. I think seeing Shane Beaver pitch just for three innings on Friday night was just that – um, exclamation point to, okay, he's healthy now. Um, and you remember, and it, it was a reminder because it was three perfect endings against the team that won the AL Central uh, with three strikeouts for a guy that hadn't pitched in three months, and he goes out there and just dominates. It was a great reminder of, holy shit, we got one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, that's what you need, and that's what you want. Uh, the last couple of days have been odd, uh, yesterday being a Monday, with the last game as with the team name is the Indians. Um and I'm, I'm being very cautious and careful what, what I say here because we all have our own emotions and feelings towards things. Um, I don't understand them wholeheartedly. I think a lot of people made out yesterday's game like it was the last game ever. Um, it's far from that. Uh, this, it's, it's how people – some pe- people get connected to cartoon characters and names more than they do than actual human beings. It's amazing. Um, and that's a whole conversation to something else. The team is still going to be here. Like I saw a sign from some kid that was great. It's not like they're going to become Baltimore Ravens. Um, but God bless you. That's the beauty of America. We're, we're all allowed to have, we're allowed to make whatever is important to us important, I guess. And, and you have that right. Um, doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Uh, to me, I think for a lot of the players, you know, like even Fox eight the other day was like, Hey, you know, we're going to get you on Friday. If that's okay. Before the game, we're going to ask you about Bieber coming back. And we're going to ask you about this. And then we're going to ask you about the guardians Indians. And I said, no, you're not. And they're like, what? And I go, you're not. And you, number one, you don't dictate what, what, I, what I say. And I go, and I'm not talking about that on the air because I just – there's no winning in talking about it. I'll talk about it on here with you. Um, but to me, and I've had, you know, at the bus stop, whether it be family, I had family over and there's family members. I just don't get it. It's going to be a, like I, I just feel like it won't be a big deal in six months, six years, 60 right. years. Right. Um, but they're going to have a good baseball team. Here's a quick story I'll tell you as you get out of here. One of those stories that makes my job um, – it makes my job makes, – it makes it worth it. It makes the job that I want to be at and the job I'm going to stay at for a while, hopefully, if it's up to me. Um, a couple of things. So Friday night, the Indians, Cavs, and Browns have come together with their management teams um, of having like a leadership group, basically, that they've started over the last year. Um, and it comes together as Chris Antonetti, Kobe Altman, as well as Andrew Brown or Andrew Barry, excuse me. And they all come together and they, they meet weekly and their teams meet weekly on things that they can do within the community um, to help the community grow. And amongst their team, amongst their players, amongst their front offices, 
Um, and it's really become a really cool thing. And this is like the second, this is like a third time that I've been able to sit down with the three of them and, and do conversations with them or interviews. And we did it on the field the other day. And um, <laughs> so, and, and, and I'll, I'll take you the background. So they had, we were, they were set up where it was like, Hey, Andre, we're going to do this on pregame. Can you give each guy one question and then kind of a follow up and then we'll move on and get, you know, cause we've got to be quick. We only got like six minutes. Chris Antonetti came to me before and he was like, Andre, should I give you my five minute answer? One minute answer. And I was like, Chris, I talked to you enough. Do the one minute answer. I'll let the other guys talk. And he was like, okay, cool. And this kind of tells you where the teams are at. So I come out, I introduce everybody and I'm like, Chris, I talk to you all the time. Let me start off um, with Andrew Barry. And I ask Andrew his question. Andrew goes through it, states it perfectly, looks in the camera, looks me in the eyes. Then I go, all right, Kobe. Um, I go, okay, Chris, let me. And then Chris does his, and Chris flies through it with flying colors. And this isn't me going at anybody. This is just reality. So then I go to Kobe, and Kobe, like, starts answering his question. And he goes, hold on one second, Drake. Hold on one second. I just need one second. I go, okay. And he pulls out his notes and starts reading from his notes. I'm like, dog, you're up here with two of the smartest people in Cleveland. This is not the time to go to your notebook. <laughs> and you can like see on my face where it's like, uh, can't get right. What are you doing? Like, of course you can't get rid of of uh, of Kevin Love. You can't even remember your notes. Uh, but it turned out really well. And then at the very end, to be the smart ass that I am and playing off of Zach Jackson, because um, you guys know how we roll with each other. We get to the end. Chris does something. Andrew says something. It's a really cool moment. And I go, okay, before I let you guys go, I got to ask the most important question. I go, Andrew, is OBJ going to play or he's going to just go around and, and take pictures? And he about spit his water. <laughs> and he goes, I think, and then he goes, I go, he goes, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some good news come Sunday, Andre. So we go to break and Andrew ran me down and he put his arm around me. He was like, hey, Odell's going to play. And he goes, that was the funniest damn thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, so that was just a cool moment. And, and they are they are good people to be around. And Kobe's a good dude. He's in a, he can't win in the situation he's in. We all know that. Um, and the other story I'll tell real quick, but this is the baseball minute. And these are conversations you get to have that when you have a job like ours that, that you realize are more special than they are. This happened yesterday. Um, I sit, Tristan sits with me. It's amazing the pictures that sit right by me at the ball, at the ballpark. And our, and we're going to, it's a good chance that we're going to switch dugouts next year and we're not going to be down to third baseline anymore. We're going to be on the first baseline. And I've gone from, you know, you name the Cy Young Award winner sitting next to me. Um, you know, Corey Kluber for years sat down there the first three innings of every game with me. But Tristan's one that does it, you know, all the Bieber. So the day that Tristan almost threw, the perfect game in Detroit. After that game, I had to go back into Fox 8, and I did the, the Riz show with Riz. And Riz was like, Dre, you got to see this text that I got during the game. And it was from Albert and Scottsdale. And if you don't know who Albert and Scottsdale is, it's Albert Bell. And Albert Bell texts Riz, damn, little Satch, almost, almost no hit to, no hit to most, 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 he was just making fun of Detroit. But he called Tristan McKenzie little Satch and Satchel Page. Right. So I had had that in my back pocket since Tristan had thrown that game. And Tristan and I are sitting there talking yesterday and we're just talking about different players and different things we're going to do in the off season. And I'm um, going to the, the Negro league museum in, in Kansas city. I told him to go this weekend and then I'll go with him next year. I was like, you need to go. Cause I think Tristan is one of the best amb ambassadors for what baseball and what young stars and young baseball players should look up to. 
It's not a color thing. He just is a great kid with a great head on his shoulders who would be great at anything he put his mind to, not just not just baseball. Like he's he he's what we need for world leaders. He would be in that that three <laughs> he could have been one of those three leaders that I talked to Friday night. Like he just has his head on right. So we were talking, and I was like, Tristan, you know who Satchel Page is? And he turned around, he's like, Absolutely, why? And then I told him the story. I go, well, Albert Bell, I go, you know who that is? And he laughed. He goes, hell yeah, I know who Albert Bell is. I go, well, that Albert Bell calls you a little satch. And he almost got tears in his eyes. He was like, are you serious? He goes, that's the best nickname ever. And he goes, and Albert Bell thinks of that of me? And I go, yeah, that's what, I go, that's what he texts and sold someone. He calls you a little satch. And Tristan looked at me and was like, Dre, that's one of the best things I've ever heard in my whole life. I'm about, he goes, I can't wait to tell my parents about that. That's Tristan McKenzie. And that's why the Indians, Guardians, the team that plays in Cleveland at Jacobs Progressive Field has a chance to be great because they got guys like him that are going to be at the top of your rotation. I'll go to a game next year. Will I make it in? Stay tuned. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if he got to get his stepson's ball side, his ass will be in. <laughs> um, we thank you guys for listening. We, we look forward to having more time, maybe even getting together. I mean, shoot, we sit on your patio here the next few weeks, just inviting Absolutely. Andrew Barry down, bang a few beers with us. Yeah, well, you know what? We might have to do that. That's a leadership program right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, it, it, listen, it's going to be fun. It, just the, the last two Sundays driving into Cleveland, oh my God. looking around, just feeling it. It's different. It's here. Um, like you said, the first world problems of nitpicking wins and picking out areas of concern while you're winning, right? Yeah. This, dude, this is fun. And the schedule's great. Like I said, two straight road games, followed by a three-game homestand in their Arizona national TV Denver yeah. primetime national TV and Steelers one you anybody wants and needs. It's going to be, it's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So stick with us. Um, dial up AmericanFireworks.com. They've been good to us. They're Cleveland fans. Just like you guys. Shouts to everyone who's listened, who's stuck with us. Subscribe to The Athletic. Listen to Brownstown on Blue Wire. And we will talk to you soon. Konnichiwa, Indians. <laughs>